Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Oh, you got the chat link? We are back. And we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Back to talk about a pay-per-view card because that's what we do now. UFC 245. As far as I'm concerned, we got three main events. We got Colby Covington taking on Kamaru Usman. We've got Max Blessed Holloway taking on Alexander Volkanovsky. We got Amanda the Goat Nunez taking on Jermaine Durandamy. And that, and then we still got to talk about Marlon Marais on the card. Uriah Faber, Mike Perry, Jeff, Jeff Neal. I got to keep going. I mean, we have just a stacked card. Prelim's a little thin, but it is a just great main card. Good prelims are on there as well. I'm excited to talk about it, um, just to break down fights, but talk about some DFS strategy. I am your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper, the co-host, the analyst, the important guys with me as always, or most of the time, Chris Olson. You can find him on Twitter at Real Chris Olson. Joe, you know where to find him at Sun Tzu, killing the social media game on seven different podcasts this week. I think, right. we're, kick- I think we're kicking you off though um, this week in terms of we're not kicking you like booting you. We are starting off your run of podcasts. So, and I appreciate that, guys, to accommodate my birthday tomorrow. I yes. appreciate that. Yes, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you, Joe. Thank it you, was- guys. I was I was actually not lobbying for that, but thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it was. It was my birthday last week. I think we covered this. I was sick as hell. I so know. Hopefully, you have a better birthday than I did. Thank you. Um, did, did still get a nice dinner. I still, I kind of fought through it to to go out to a dinner I look forward to every year, and it was a mistake because the next day I was crippled. Yeah, well, I'll get a nice dinner that I pay for. So that's that's kind of what my life is as has come to, you know. So, and I mean, what are we looking forward to in this card? If you had to pick, we'll talk about all these fights. And I don't want any explanation. What is the one 
fight on this card you were looking to the most? Uh, yeah, I'll say any of them. DFS or, or just as a fan? Nope, just as a fan. What fight? Ogunowski, Max Holloway. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a uh, something a little further down the card. Mike Perry, Jeff Neal. Uh, that was gonna be one of my sleep. I was gonna throw that out as a sleeper. I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna take Usman Covington. And I gotta say, please God, I don't even care. <laughs> we'll get to the picks later. We will. Please let Colby Covington win this fight because what? I want to see the world burn. Uh, <laughs> like, I just want to see Twitter explode. Types. Like I, I, that's that's all I want to see, and and we'll get we'll get into that later. Yeah, well, the, one, the, one, the one point I have to make, Sean, though, is you said we have three title fights. We have we have two title fights and a demolition. Is what I, is the way I see it. <clears throat> we can talk about that later. I have. Yeah. I'm getting this feeling in the pit of my stomach that um, that's going to score like shit for DFS. I, I'm I'm getting this bad feel. We'll talk not about it later. Get, not when we get the finish that I'm expecting. I mean, well, you know what? Let's save it because because that's a, a good discussion. That 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 was my knee jerk reaction, and now I'm just I'm getting worried. So you can talk me back off the ledge. We're gonna dive into the fights here in a second, guys. I will say. Fight IQ is brought to you by Rotowire. Go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Optimizers got you covered in season long. All different DFS sports. Check them out for sure. They're also running a con. We are running a contest this week. Um, make sure you're following all three of us on Twitter. Our handles, I think, should be up in the um, the boxes. Um if you're watching on, on YouTube and the contest this week, tell us how many total takedowns there will be in Usman versus Covington. And as a tiebreaker, who's going to win the fight. So takedowns are first tiebreaker is who wins the fight. Um, and the winner will get what um, Chris, at real Chris Olson tweeted out is a lovely rotowire. Um, I won't call it a thermos, but, but, it, but, it's a, well, it's I mean, it's a high class thermos is what I would say. And I did tweet it. But for those of you who didn't see, this is uh, what um, you get. And this was also my Christmas gift. So yep. Our, yep, it was the Rotowire wire staff yes. Christmas gift. It's stainless steel. It's pretty big. Nice. Very nice. Look, it's free stuff, guys. So um, make sure you're following all of us. Use the hashtag fight IQ will help us out as well. Otherwise, how are we going to see it? Hashtag fight IQ total takedowns and who wins the fight. Um, I see you have some hot takes already in chat. I like one of them a lot. I'm going to save that for later. Yeah. Me, uh, Josh, exactly. save that for later because because we're kind of on, on the same page. Yes, guys, on Twitter if you can. Um, all right. Um, I think. Oh, make sure you follow you you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Go to RotoWire. You can also go to RotoWire MMA on iTunes. That is a replay of the live show that we usually do on Fridays. Thursday night show this week. Do them before pay-per-view cards. And as always, to plug, follow all of us on Twitter at Sniper underscore DFS, at Real Chris Olsen, at Sun Tzu. Let's get to some mother bleeping fights. Mm. Uh, we have to talk about Punaheli Soriano, 8,200, taking on Oscar Pajota at 8,000. Line on this fight, Pajota is minus 120. Soriano plus 100, so lines have flipped a little bit of DK value here. And Joe, we'll start with you for this one. You going with the uh, with the line value? Spoiler alert: I am not. I like the newcomer in this one. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. I mean, there's obviously some. Who is the much more accomplished and more experienced fighter? Pachota. 
Um, there's some recency bias um, against him the way he has lost, you know, which is essentially he looks really good and, you know, then makes a mistake and loses. I honestly think that if, if unless um, the newcomer can finish him quickly, which I just don't see happening, um, I think it's going to be a long day for him. I mean, he did not look particularly impressive on the contender series. Um, I went and I rewatched that fight again. He was a fairly sizable favorite. Um, I think as Cody Safdick said, it was like a butt-clenching fight if you had money on him because he just did not look great. Now, yeah, we could say he's got some jitters. Um, you know, he goes into that tough Hawaiian camp. He's one of those Hawaiian fighters that, you know, comes out of that that mold. Um, I don't know, man. I Pachota has got his back up against the wall coming off of two losses. You have to think that he's going to get cut here. He's the much more accomplished fighter. At first glance, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I like the power of the newcomer, and I think he can you know, potentially get a finish. And then I'm thinking all the intangibles actually go to Pachota. So um, I, I think it's an interesting fight to target um, on DraftKings, and I would certainly have both sides of the fight. But if you're asking me for a pick, I'm going to go with Pachota. See, I, I one thing I want to mention is Pachota, 45% takedown defense. I think this new kid's going to be able to get him to the ground. Um, I don't think he wants to take him to the ground. I think he does and, and will. I think Pahota's subbed in his last two fights. I, that's where I see this fight. Much more accomplished jiu-jitsu players, though. True. And, and Pachota has a Don Drysdale black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I get it. He looked horrible against GM3, who makes people look bad. Let's be honest. GM3 makes people look bad. And then, of course, the, the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu god. You know, like, okay, he lost to him, too. He's much more accomplished on the ground than than the newcomer. We'll see. I just, where I think the fight, by the way, Pahota, um, his wins in the UFC, Jonathan Wilson, Tim Williams. I get it. Oof. Yep. yep. Chris. Yeah, um, I actually agree pretty much with everything Joe said, uh, surprisingly enough. I, I'm uh, alone in this fight. <laughs> I think, I think that... Um, the recency bias is a thing here. I agree with Joe's point that, um, look, Gerald Mearshart, not a world beater, also not a pushover. And then, as Joe said, uh, the Rudolfo fight, which is it would have been would have been tough for anybody. Um, look, I just think – I think it's funny, Joe, that you mentioned – I didn't know this, that he trained out of that Hawaiian camp because his stand-up does remind me quite a bit of um, – Coconut bombs. What was that guy? Oh, yeah. Um, who was that guy? That's on funny. the on the contender oh, series, who lost to uh, had Dan a bad loss. Something or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, but his stand up is very look. He's very um, sort of plotting one strike, uh, one strike uh, striker. And I think Pihota can have the remedy for that. He's he's quite athletic on his feet. He moves around a lot. He's more athletic than you might think for a guy who's. Um, primarily a grappler. He does good body work. I, I agree that he could probably get him down, uh, Sean, if he had the chance, as you referenced, the takedown defense. But again, I think Pihota is the better grappler. So while he might want to do that, I'm interested to see if he could outscramble a guy like Pihota. My gut would tell me no. So I'm still going to go with Pihota there. I think that um, we have seen Pihota get a little bit tired too in fights. That is a concern, especially with a wrestler's gas tank. Um, as we saw in uh, the Contender Series fight. I think I think it's close, but, um, you know, I see a lot of people on the newcomer here. I I, I, I understand why, because the line's very close. So if you have a strong read one way or the other, this is a good fight to play. But um, the experience for me is a thing. I think he's a better grappler. I think he's a better striker. I think that uh, newcomer has some advantages here, but I'm going with Pahota for the win. 
By the way, the answer was Ryan Burton in chat hit Maki Patolo. Patolo, that's that's my that he is. Yeah, it's coconut bombs. So, guys, by the way, if you're in chat, um, thanks everybody who always shows up. Uh, if you're watching live, or if you're not, you should be. And if you are, type up in chat any um, questions, comments. We'll talk with you possibly here on air or at least in chat. Most of us pop in and out throughout the show. So, quick shout out to the guys who are here on a Thursday night. Our guy Ryan, Josh. Uh, Jeff Jeff Schaefer is in here. Michael Iannone, Donald Davenport, a couple other guys. But those are the ones going to just shout out on the air. Let's move on to Vivian Arujo, 8,600, taking on Jessica I at 7,600. Arujo, minus 185. Come back on Jessica I, plus 160. Chris, how much money are you putting down on Jessica I? She seems like your type of fighter. Uh, um. Close to zero dollars, zero point zero dollars. Thank God, you can there, keep some of your money. There's a well. There's a there's a strange thing that that's happened with Jessica I. If you look at the last two fights, the Chikagin fight, and then of course the Shevchenko um, fight, she she's really gotten away from a style that has worked for her, which is she used to just go behind the jab, do a one two, and then counter a little bit and try to work in her wrestling. The last two fights has just been hard single strikes that throw her off balance and um, hard pressure. And I really don't know why she's chosen to fight like that, but it's not doing her any favors. And uh, it's not going to do any favors against a fighter like Arujo, who's very quick, very light on her feet, um, can counter too, can move, move in and out. I think that if, I, think that if uh, I would go back to that style of working behind the jab and countering, I think that would actually serve her well here because for as good as the movement is for uh, Arugio, it can also get her in trouble sometimes. Uh, we saw that in the Alexis Davis fight, where the beginning of the fight specifically, where she needed to sort of rein herself in, she was sort of bouncing around a little too much, getting herself hit. But um, yeah, I, I just don't know where I's head is at after that knockout. That wouldn't be that much of an issue for me if her style hasn't hadn't changed so drastically over the last two fights. But since it has, I, I, I can't pick her because I, I don't know I don't know what kind of fight she's going to fight, and if she chooses to fight the way that she's been going normally, then uh, this isn't going to end well for her. So I'm picking Arujo here. Joe, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, and not only because I have an open-ended parlay with Aspen Lad, the the push on Cynthia Calvillo and Arujo. Um, that's not the only reason I'm picking her. I really like her a lot. I have her at minus one forty-eight in the parlay. I believe the odds have drifted up a bit. Um, I, I have never been um, a Jessica I fan and you know i like female i like women's fighting and i've just never seen i've never gotten it i mean i've never really gotten it she wasn't really good at welterweight her fights tend to be close but i, I honestly believe that you know coming off of that that head kick knockout by val um, not even knowing where she was after the fight um I, I think she's on the decline she's been on a slow steady decline she's had a couple of fortunate matchups um she always seems to to go to that close decision I really like what I've seen out of Arroyo. Look, she's not young. I don't know if I would call her a prospect, but I definitely think she'll have a speed advantage. Um, I think she can take down Jessica I. I think she can work her ground and pound. Um, if you want to look at, and again, we all agree here that MMA math, one of the things we all love about MMA is that, you know, it's not always a math-driven sport, but let's look at MMA math. Who, ha who was more impressive in the fight against Alex Davis? And I think the answer is clearly Vivian. So, and that's a recent fight that she had against Alexis Davis, who is a very, very tricky and accomplished veteran. So I like Arroyo here. I've got her in, in an open-ended parlay. 
Um, I have her in um, some other parlays that I'm going to play. Um, I'm going to be pretty heavy in the betting on this card because I have some definitely some strong takes on fights. Um, go, Vivian. Moving on, we have Kai Cara France. 8,500, taking on Brandon Moreno at 7,700. Kaikara, minus 160. Moreno, plus 140. I think this is a terrible DFS fight. Joe, you're going to roster either, either of these guys? Um, Not in my primary, but, I mean, if you are if you are doing mass entry, if you're chasing the 50K, um, you should probably have some exposure to this fight because it could be interesting. And and I, I see some people are taking a stand with Moreno. Um, you know, I'm not crazy about Kaikara France at eight, 8.5 K. However, um, I could make Moreno work in some of my lineups at, at 7.7 K. And I do honestly believe that Kaikara France is the weak, weak link in that, that city gym out in, out in New Zealand, where, where all those, you know, good fighters, Australian and New Zealand fighters fight out of, you know, Hooker, Volkanovsky, obviously, uh, Israel Adesanya. Um, you know, I think he got very lucky, um, Kaikara France, um, in his fight, who's the fight where he kind of just almost guessed out in the third round. Paiva. Paiva. Yeah. I, I had Paiva in that fight. Um, look, Kaikara France is a decent fighter. He, he makes weight. He's got a three fight winning streak. What can you say? He actually hasn't scored poorly either. I mean, uh, Garcia 103, 69 Paiva, which again, I think he could have easily lost that fight. Um, and then uh, 91 against Mark De La Rosa. However, you know, the, the other thing to look at at Kaikara Francis, this is the cheapest salary-wise that he's been in his UFC career, right? His, his prices were 9,100, 9K, and 9,100. So you are getting him at a slight discount. Um, so if you are a Kaikara France fan, I mean, this is the, the probably, you know, this is the lowest salary you've seen him at in his last four fights. With that said, you know, Moreno is kind of a big moment type of fighter. I mean, uh, last fight in September, he had a draw against Askarov. Um, you know, he, he can get takedowns. We've seen him, I mean, um, look good against some really tough guys like Pantoja and Pettis. Um, you know, surprisingly, he subbed Ortiz, scored 103 points. He subbed Benoit. I, I, he was underdog in both of those fights. And then he had that uh, win, that submission, I'm sorry, decision against Benoit. But then he had that sub against Smoka. So he's a tricky guy. He's active. Um, the only thing I don't like about Moreno is I heard he went back to his camp in Tijuana, um, which again, I think is a step back for him. I mean, he was training at one of the name camps. I can't recall off the top of my head, but I think this, is, this could be an interesting fight to target. Um, I would lean more towards um, Moreno. I think we're probably going to see some more line movement in his favor. But at 7.7K, uh, I would take a stab at him. Moreno's my pick. Chris? Yeah, I actually think this is a target fight. And uh, the, reason I say th the reason I say that is because I think that um, it's going to turn into a very scrambly, position-heavy kind, of, um, kind of fight, kind of, kind of your typical flyweight fight. Um, I think that's what these guys want to do. I think they, they'll both you know, come forward and throw, and throw uh, singular heavy shots. But I think what they want to do is wrestle and get this fight to the ground, and that can lead to a lot of takedowns, a lot of transitions, and a lot of dominant positions. So I think in that sense it is a target. Now, what I like about Moreno specifically is um, 
I like the fact that it seems like, at least in his last fight, again, he was cut. He came back to uh, the UFC for that fight. In his last fight, uh, he was really showcasing some body work, which I don't think we had seen from him before on the feet. I like that. I think that, um, you know, Kai Kara France is, is really um, re- really more of a, a one-note striker. Um, and I think Moreno is at least trying to develop into something more than that. So from that perspective, I like it. I think that uh, Moreno is is very good in the scrambles. I'm interested to see who who's going to outscramble who. My guess is Moreno comes on top, out on top of those, and I think he's going to try to force those positions every chance he can. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going with Moreno here. I think it's a nice play at uh, under eight thousand, and I do actually think that this can be a sneaky one to rack up points. The way you have the fight going, just take Moreno. Because and and you are so that's fine. Yeah. Kai Car France wants no part of that fight. It is not good. If it's a scrambly fight, he's getting submitted. I just well, don't think that's how, I, I, how it plays. I out. mean, I disagree that he wants. I think that's every, he wants that in every fight. No, he's a kickboxer. No, no, he, you have mixed up. He's a kickboxer. He wants to kickbox Muay Thai. That is, that is what Kai Car France wants to do. Jo, Joe, am I crazy here? Yeah, I think yeah. Kai Car France is is a stand up fighter. Well, uh, that 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 Paiva fight was was very scrambly, and so was the Delarosa uh, the Delarosa fight. Yeah, that was I, think there too. I think he, he played into the other fighter's stress. But that's what I'm saying that the the fight's going to go there. Could be. Yeah. I could be. I mean, Maybe. you know, I think if Moreno's smart, he'll he'll look to do that. Guys are trying to embarrass me over here. All right, no, go embarrass to you. I just uh, he wants no part of that type of fight. All right, <clears throat> all right. Moving on, we have. Oh, good. Chase Hooper, 8,300 against, let me say this very clearly, Danny Tamer at 7,900. Yeah. That's the shitty Tamer, guys, just just so we're all on the same page. Um, Hooper's minus 120. Tamer's plus 100. The line's close because Chase Hooper is 20 years old and unproven and doesn't look that great on tape either. So, I mean, that's why this is close. But the people who, and I've seen some people say it, that Danny Tamer is a lock here. Oh, I get get your Pepto Bismol ready, because this fight is um, this this is a true coin flip, but one that I think is I think this fight is one that's important to target in tournaments on DraftKings. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, I I think that too, and I'm actually going with uh, with Tamer here for the simple reason that look, we know we know Tamer can be out wrestled and uh, and out grappled, although he has tried to mix in some offensive wrestling himself as of late. Uh, maybe learning from his brother, who is a pretty functional wrestler. Um, not not a great one by any means, but uh, definitely functional. So I, the reason I, I like Tame here so much is is that um, – not so much, I wouldn't say. But the reason why I'm, I'm leaning him here is because Hooper looks for all the world like somebody who can be overwhelmed on the feet. Um, he looked like that in his Contender Series fight. Uh, his last Titan FC fight, we didn't really get to see much of it because they, they hit the ground almost immediately. But in that Contender Series fight, for as long as it was on the feet um, – Looked like looked like uh, Hooper was a deer in the headlights a little bit. He stands up very tall. Uh, he seems very hittable. If he's able to get the fight to the ground, it's a different story. So it's it's you know it's one of these binary fights where feet it's one way, ground it's another way. I think I mean Tamer might be able to. Well, I don't even want to say that because um, didn't didn't Chris Fishgold get him too? Yeah, the second this fight hits the ground, Hooper's it, yeah. it, this is classic striker versus ground. Yeah. So Fishcole got him too. So I think that, um, as I said, that's the binary, and one of those two things is going to happen. I just, I just, don't, I just think that um, Hooper's going to spend enough time on the feet uh, for, for uh, t- 
tamer to get him. So I'm leaning slightly that way. But, um, you know, it, it's it's whichever way uh, the wind is blowing you at that moment. Uh, so, again, target it. I think it's it's one way or the other, as Sean said. And uh, But my pick is slightly uh, Daniel with the D-A-N-I-E-L tamer. Yeah, give give me, by the way, for just to be clear, give me Hooper. I think this fight hits the ground and he gets the sub. But, yeah, on the feet, it's... Is every second on the feet, it's tamer. So, Joe, is this fight playing out on the feet or on the ground? Yeah, this is really weird. I don't really understand this fight. I'm going to date myself with the reference here. Actually, a couple of references. There was a guy who used to play in the NFL. He was named Refrigerator Perry. Hopefully, you guys remember who that is. Um, he was known for being handed the ball off in, you know, in, in short yardage situations, usually going into the end zone. Then there was a basketball player. Guy was like seven foot eight. His name was Minute Ball, right? So... Somebody thought it was a good idea to put on this event called Celebrity Boxing. And they had like, different celebrities who would fight each other. And, of course, they matched up Minute Ball against Refrigerator Perry. So, in some respects, this reminds me of that fight. Um, Hooper's got an 8-inch height advantage. I'm not sure what his reach advantage is. I don't know that it matters. Um, he's got an 8-inch height, height advantage. He's 20 years old. Um, going against Tamer. Now, if Tamer could get inside of Hooper, um, you know, and, and doesn't follow him to the ground, um, he could hurt him. Um, can he get inside? Can he avoid from being taken down? I don't like this fight at all. I'm really not sure what to do here. Um, I've had some really intelligent people come to me and say, you know, how do you not like Tamer in this fight? He's going against this 20-year-old kid who's fighting on the, on the biggest card of the year. Um, you know, Tamer at least has been there before. Um, he's been on, in some big events. Um, I don't think very highly of him. Honestly, as a fighter, he's by far the lesser of the Tamor brothers. Um, I just don't know what to do here. I mean, I guess. I mean, flip a coin. I'm not going to have a lot of exposure to this fight just because I cannot get a great handle on it. Um, you know, I will take probably equal stabs in mass entry of Hooper and Timor if you're asking me for a pick. I guess I'll have to take Timor just because he's got so much more experience and I am betting that he can get inside of Hooper and light him up, but I am not confident. This is my least confidence, least confident fight to analyze. All right, move it on. Make a try unmuted because I got, I got a food delivery guys. I'm, I'm living the high life right now. Talking, fight, talking fights. What'd you get? What kind uh, of food? It's dessert. I got, I got, oh, I, I got, I got, a dessert a, delivery? I got, I got a blizzard. From my wife. Oh wow! So you uh, got Dairy Queen delivered to your house? I did. Uh, DoorDash is a dangerous thing. Wow, that is that's big time. My, that is very indulgent of you. My wife had a day. She wanted it. She wanted dessert. I said, "Sure, I'll have a blizzard." Nice. And she was nice enough to grab it from the front door and drop it off here. Tell me it's cookie dough at least, right? I went uh, peanut butter cups. Okay, okay, I could, I could, I could let you have that. That's fine. <laughs> it's allowed. All right, so so I promise I'll be muting while I'm chewing, guys. I know that drives people insane. I will not right. do that to anyone. And while I eat this, you guys can talk about Catlin Vieira at 8,800 taking on Irene Al. No, sorry, skip. I skipped. A, I skipped a few fights. I, I apologize, guys. I scrolled down. His brain is on ice cream. We can't. It get is. Him back. It done. is. It is. Because you know what? I didn't want to talk about this murder. I didn't want to talk about <laughs> Matt Brown destroying Ben Saunders. Oh, Matt okay. Brown's 9,300. Ben Saunders is 6,900. Uh, a line on this fight: Saunders minus uh, Brown minus three forty-five. Saunders <laughs> plus two eighty-five. Fight doesn't go to decision. Minus four eighty-five. Yeah. So, um, you guys want to see a dead body? 
Um, <laughs> take, take, stand by me. Joe, you're up. Okay, so uh, Matt, first of all, let me say this. Ben Sanders is the nicest guy in the world. Um, I don't want to see 100%. him get hurt. I, love I really him. don't. He I'm a fan a, of him. He's such a great guy. He, he engages on on Twitter. Um, I remember once I, I kind of just like tweeted out, hey, I'm going to put you on my my DraftKings in my DraftKings lineup, and he tweeted back, it would be my honor, which, you know, is really a cool thing for a, a guy to say during fight week. Um, Matt Brown retired, you know. Uh, it was really interesting. I mean, he had his retirement fight against um, uh, Diego Sanchez. He finished him with an elbow. Um, prior to that, he came off of three losses to Damian Maya, Jake Ellenberger, and Donald Cerrone. Why would you show that, Chris? <laughs> why would you, I'm just having fun over Why would you flip to me eating my ice cream? That yeah, was, not, not that bad losses. Up. Um, he was a minus 300 favorite against minus 350 against Diego. Um, I don't know if he needs the money, but th- that was his. I believe he even laid his gloves in the octagon um, after that fight. Um, you know, so now he's coming back uh, two years later. Um, to fight against, uh, you know, to, to, to have another fight against Ben Saunders. You know, I don't know, like I said, it, it could be because he's an extremely nice guy. It could be because um, he has something on somebody high up in the UFC. I'm not sure how Saunders, you know, is is getting fights, um, considering, you know, what, his overall record is 22-12-2, which on the surface is not bad. But he has lost five out of his last six fights which is only win, and, and he's lost them all by finish. Um, knees and punches to Sabata, punches to, to, to Joe Ban. His one win was a KO against Ellenberger, who might even have a worse draw than him. Um, arm triangle, Marias, punches Lyman Good. Um, left cross, ground and pound. I don't think I've ever seen that on topology. Left cross and ground and pound yeah, um, by, by, by Sato. Um, and now he's coming up against... Matt Brown. Now, you need to target this fight because of the inside the distance prop, right? And and Brown is going to be very, very highly owned, I suspect. Um, I would maybe have, like, depending on how many lineups you're playing, have one share or two shares of Saunders. He's not without skill. Um, I don't expect him to win, um, but he is a wily veteran. He is, if he could get it to the ground, um, he could perhaps hold down um you know matt brown um and you know look brown is has has faced some pretty good grapplers in in you know damian maya um and you know back in the day johnny Hendricks four years ago when he was still decent um i i can't i gotta pick matt brown um and i think this is unfortunately a fight that has to be targeted due to the inside the distance prop but don't like if he doesn't get the ko um and if Sanders could get this to the ground, considering the layoff that Brown has had, could potentially be in trouble. So, yes, you know, 95-5 um, Brown-Saunders, if you're targeting this fight in mass entry, don't totally fade Saunders. Um, because, you know, Brown is not, you know, he's, what, 38, 39 years old, coming off of a two-year layoff. I believe he had Achilles surgery or some kind of surgery over the course of the last two years. So I don't know anything about his training. Um, I'll take Matt Brown. Um, it's not my most confident pick because of the reasons that I just mentioned. Um, but I do think he's going to be very highly owned. So it is a fight to target. Chris. Yeah. Um, 
Sean's on to me. He uh, he turned off his camera, so I can't I can't go to him scarfing down his ice cream surreptitiously anymore. But um, I am picking Matt Brown as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a slightly more robust defense of Ben Saunders, uh, if I may, and that relies on the fact that Matt Brown gets hurt to the body a lot. Yep. Even in in that matchup with Diego Sanchez, Diego hit him with a nice liver kick. You saw Matt Brown buckle. You saw him breathe heavily. Diego didn't go after it, which is which is mystifying, and then ended up uh, getting knocked out. But if there's one thing Ben Saunders does well on the feet, it's kick to the body, and that needs to be that needs to be uh, accounted for. You know, um, we we would like it, of course, if Ben Saunders wrestled. Wrestle, he simply doesn't. So the um, opportunities to use his jiu-jitsu are going to be severely limited. He went for one shot in uh, his last fight. It looked more like a bull charge than a shot. So I don't think he's going to be getting fights to the floor anytime soon. But that body kick is very much there and very much live. As for Matt Brown, uh, the problem with uh, Saunders here is they, they both like to fight in the clinch. And I think one guy's just better at it. And in fact, I think that um, – Look, the fact is that Ben Saunders is, is a liability in the clinch now, even though he likes to fight there. That's where Lyman Good knocked him out very badly. So um, I think if this fight gets in the clinch, uh, it's Matt Brown. Matt Brown still can fire a nice jab. He can. He still has a nice, powerful kick of his own. He's got more more weapons that he can use here. Functionally, he does. I mean, he's not the jiu-jitsu player Ben Saunders is, but, I mean, unfortunately, we can pretty much take that out of the equation unless there's a knockdown or something. So uh, my pick is Matt Brown, but um, be be wary of that body kick. Sanders has got a good one, and, and he usually lands it in pretty much every fight that he's in. So be wary of it. I'm picking Matt Brown. I think people are going to be off the Sanders. I think there's a clear window for him here, and I think it's a live play. So Brown, but, you know, have your Sanders as well. Moving on. We have... Ian Heinish at 8,400, taking on Omari Akhmedov at 7,800. Line on this fight, I believe Heinish is still the favorite. I expanded my view here. So, Sean, did you give a pick in that fight? <laughs> oh, I, I did. I, I don't think um, so. No, give me Brown. Here's my thing Brown should win. I agree, Saunders is live. I'm, I have not decided how I'm building yet, but I think I'm going to be way underway to the field on. Brown, because he has to have this knockout in the first round. If it's not in the first round, he's not in the nuts. At that price point, I totally agree. So if you want to put him in cash, I'm pretty confident he wins. But to end up on the the optimal lineup, just just go a little bit further down. You got Holloway. You got Nunes. Like, they're higher. Jeff Neal all have higher ceilings. I'd rather pay up for Peter Yan. I mean, if you're playing cash. If you want safety in cash, yeah, I, I think. What do you think is well, more likely? Faber beats Peter Yan or Ben Saunders beats Brown? I think it's more likely that Saunders beats I, Brown than Faber beats Brown. Well, yeah. someone's got to tell me exactly what supplements your eye Faber's on. Like, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that later. But yeah, sure. I, would, I, I think cash is. You're not going to be up there this week. I mean, most sharp players won't be up there. I think. I know Joe is anti-team stack. I think most sharp players are going to have a double stack. Yeah, I, I'm not going to have a double stack. But I know you're not. I will stack, but not double stack. We can talk about those options later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my pick in the fight is Brown. Um, Ahmed, uh, 
sorry, Heinish is the favorite in that fight. Um, he is minus 135. Come back on Akhmedov plus 115. Uh, since I was late on the last one, I'll go first this time. Uh, give me Akhmedov in a fight that I don't think is great for DFS, but I think Heinish can be taken down. He's scrambling when he gets taken down, but Akhmedov's just a big guy. He can hold you. He's used to, you know, just typical Russian. I mean, not relentless, but both guys slow in terms, slow output. Um, my biggest concern is probably the gas tank of Akhmedov and, and Heinish winning late, but I don't have enough interest here. Neither guy typically puts off good good DFS scores. Give me the savings on Akhmedov and just the fact he's the one more likely to get takedowns. Um, so that's my pick in this one. Uh, Chris, you're first this time. Yeah, I think that um, if I could trust Akhmedov to wrestle, I would be with you, but I really can't. The last time we saw him really wrestle was that fight against Arazak uh, Al-Hassan where he must have figured, okay, there's a guy with a clear athletic advantage over me. I'm just going to go for takedowns. I don't know if he's going to feel that way against Heinish, although I think Heinish is the more athletic fighter here. Um, he can bounce around a little bit. Uh, he uh, has some good fundamental striking, although that's not really what he wants to do. He's a wrestler-grappler, although he's not going to want to do that here. So this is going to be pretty much on the feet. It's going to be pretty much the same tack he took against, I think, Derek Brunson. Um Almost had Brunson out of there in that fight. I, I But the thing about Brunson is he is more athletic than a guy like Heinish. Heinish is more athletic than Akhmedov. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. If he wrestles, then sure. But his wrestling is so sporadic that I can't count on it. I think either way it's going to be – well, let me say this. If Akhmedov, if Akhmedov wins, it's for, it's for sure going to be a very boring fight. If Heinish wins, the scoring could be a little bit higher, but probably nothing to write home about. Uh, either, but um, all that being said, I'm going to take Heinish here, and if uh, Akhmedov does go to his takedown game, um, he will probably win the fight. But again, like Sean said, you know, the gas tank, and when we saw Heinish um, in the fight against Antonio Carlos Jr., you know, weathers all the takedowns, gets him tired, and then wins the fight. So uh, don't count Heinish's ability to be a dog out. I think that's a big factor here, too. I'm taking Heinish. Joe. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm going to be so underexposed to this fight. Uh, I don't like it a great deal for reasons that both of you guys have mentioned. Um, low DraftKings scores. Um, it's interesting. I honestly believe that this, the matchup, maybe not the mat. Well, yeah, the matchup, the way that Akhmedov fights um, where, you know, he, he tends to, um, you know, gas. Um, I, uh, I'm going to take Heinish here, but it's not a very confident pick. And I'll be honest, um, of all the fights on this slate, I probably put the least amount of time into trying to figure this fight out simply because the inside the distance prop isn't very high. Um, neither one of these guys are great DraftKings scorers. And there are 11 other fights that have more potential. So um, don't do anything with 12? my pick. 12 yeah. or 11. 12, however many other fights there are. Don't do anything with this pick, but I, I have to make a selection. I'll take Heinish. All right, I'll put my mic back on now that I've finished pounding that ice cream. Wow. Was that it was good? It was delicious, and that was probably a mistake to eat all that. <clears throat> I got to get a water delivery. Yeah. Jesus, you got everything delivered. Well, from my wife this time, not from a stranger. Catlin mm-hmm. Vieira, 8,800, taking on Irene Aldana at 7,400. Vieira, the favorite, minus 175. Aldana, the comeback, plus 155. 
Who am I at this time? Uh, Joe. Yep, yeah, I would, if, Women's I, fight, I, you're up. Yeah, I would like if anybody in chat can tell me why she's taking the last 18 months off. I have not been able, again, I've been quite busy with life, but I have not been able to find out why um, she's taken such a long time off. Um, if I if I knew the answer to that question, I'd be a lot more confident um, in my pick. Um, obviously, you know, Vieira was was riding, you know, a pretty good wave here. Um, you know, she she had looked good in her fights. Um, she's ten and zero. Um, you know, in the ten and zero in in MMA. She's only twenty eight years old. Um, the last time she fought was twenty six. She won a split decision against Katzengano. Um, choked out Sarah McMahon. Um, decision against Ashley Evans Smith, which was kind of odd. Um, she was actually an underdog in that fight. Um, split decision against Kelly Fatsaltz, which is is kind of interesting because, um, you know, I think Fatsaltz was making her UFC debut in that fight. Um, so I I am gonna pick Eldana in this fight unless someone comes up and tells gives me a really good reason why um, Caitlin Vieira at her age has been inactive. For such a long time, so we, we have an answer. By the way, oh, will 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 Tusco, who sorry if I messed up your name, he's bro. a great guy. Yeah, um, said that Will Martin, another great guy, who by the way, breakdowns recommend, and they come out early if you yeah. early week podcast. So go um support Will Martin, good dude. Um, said that on his his podcast this week or YouTube show, he's been out. Due, she's been out due to injuries. Doesn't okay. say what kind of injuries, but yeah. injured. See, that's what I want to know because injuries can mean. I mean, look, if if you're recovering from something very serious, like Dominic Cruz misses a lot of time because of injuries, but Dominic Cruz Cruz's injuries are a lot different than other fighters' types of industry. You know, he gets cadaver bones put in his body, and he's got to recover from that. Um, I honestly like what I've seen with um, with Aldana. I mean, she is um, she's not giving up anything in size. Um, you know, she, she, when she comes into the octagon, she looks like a, a featherweight. Um, you know, she, she's definitely big. I would not be surprised if she's 150, um, on fight day. Um, 31 years old, five foot nine, Mexican fighter, good stand up, improving, um, takedown defense, um, has, has had some decent fights. I mean, you know, going back to, um, you know, she is on a four and one streak, um, in the UFC, um, Bernardo, Pudlova, Beche Correa, um, split decision loss to Pennington. I, I thought that fight was pretty close. And then a pretty dominant, um, you know, stand-up. Well, she was a huge favorite, so she didn't do anybody who played her on DraftKings any favors. But a pretty dominant decision win against Vanessa Mello. Um, I think the odds are tightening up on this fight. Um, look, you, you, you got to find – if you're not stacking – and you can't stack all the time in GPPs because when you're in a when you're in a um, a contest with seven thousand entries, um, you know you you need to actually take some stabs. You, you should never find, stack in GPP. Yeah, ever. you need to you need to find some underdogs here. Well, you can stack in smaller field single entries, fifty max. Yeah, 50 you know entries max. Yeah, GPPs. Um, but you know we're diverging. I'm going to take Eldana here. I'm going to. This is going to be my upset. I like it. I'm I'm with you. It's yeah. one of the upsets. One of the upsets. I've already taken Ahmed off, but this is um, and I, technically Soriano's an upset now, but this is one I have as well. Uh, Chris, you making it the sweep for the dog? I am going to make this a dog sweep. I think this is a yeah. really good matchup for Aldana. Actually, I think that um, 
what she loves to do is box her opponents up and, and use her movement. And I think she's going to be able to do that here. Um, uh, Vieira likes to pressure you, but doesn't exactly cut off the cage. And I think that, um, you know, with her with her ability to circle out, I think Aldana is kind of going to have, a, a, I wouldn't say a field day, but I think she's going to have ample stri- striking opportunities. Let's say that. Um, Kat Zingano uh, hit her a lot. Um, for someone who's not a striker. And she also faded down the stretch from a lot of good body work that uh, Zingano is doing. I think there's been some revisionism on that fight. I mean, Vieira won it, but Zingano did not do poorly no. in, in that fight whatsoever. Um, I think that – I th- I think that um, – so her gas tank will be an issue. I don't think Aldana's will. And I just don't think that she, you know, has, uh, has enough of the tools to threaten Aldana here. I think that – her movement is going to be able to thwart the wrestling enough to where it's, it's not going to be uh, that much of an issue. And, um, yeah, I, I just I think that her stand-up is much more sophisticated. I think she keeps it on the feet. I am making it to sweep with uh, Aldana. Give me Aldana, her 93% takedown defense. Yeah. There you go. All right, m- moving on. We have – all right, now we get to some serious business. Stream this episode's going long, but – I got some serious fights now. Jeff Neal, 9,100. Mike Platinum Perry, 7,100. Jeff Neal, minus 250. Perry, plus 210. Should be violence in this one. Don't expect to see many takedowns. Chris, who you got? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I think we could see Jeff Neal maybe maybe try to work his wrestling game if it wasn't going his way in the same way he did against uh, Nico Price. But I think there are key differences uh, between that matchup and this one for anybody who saw Jeff Neal sort of surprisingly, I'll admit, lose the, the striking battle to Nico Price in a large part. I think there are two key things with that. One is that um, Price is more of a pressure fighter, whereas Mike Perry is not anymore, which is a weird thing to say because when he came in, that's all he was. But in his last fights, he's become almost almost a counterfighter, uh, especially in that fight with Luque he was. Uh, so I, I think that's interesting. The other thing I would say is that is that a guy like Nico Price is way less stationary than someone like Mike Perry is, and that's going to allow Jeff Neal to, to use all of his quickness and all of his power. And uh, I, I actually like Jeff Neal a great deal here. I know Mike Perry has looked better lately, and that's fine. But I would also say that Luque, I think, has sort of failed to live up to expectations a little bit. I, I noted in before that fight with Stephen Thompson how you know he tends to underperform. You know, we all thought he, we all thought Luque was gonna. You know, run over a guy like Barbarina, that didn't happen. We thought that he was going to handle Mike Perry, that didn't happen. So I, I sort of attribute that to his sort of rampant underperformance, as it has been to this point, more so than anything that Mike Perry actually did. He has gotten better at defense. He's gotten better at slipping shots and countering. But for a guy who's that much going to be that much faster in Jeff Neal, I just don't think it's going to matter. And even if it does, he showed himself to be a competent wrestler. Um, that I think could come in handy here if he needs it as an escape hatch. So. I'm on Jeff Neal pretty heavy. Um, I, I like the fight as a barn burner. Of course, Perry can knock him out. He's still got heavy hands. But uh, my pick is Jeff Neal. Kill. Yeah, I mean, both. What makes my what makes Mike Perry an exciting fighter, and it's I guess you could look at it as both a strength and a weakness. Is he he's got a game plan that he is going to enforce regardless of whether it works or not. Um, you know, and that's how Mike Perry fights. Like he has got a, um, a, a way of fighting, um, that is, is his own, 
that he will try to employ. And that's obviously what opens him up against smarter fighters who have the ability to counter and adapt, right? So would it surprise me if Mike Perry hurt Neil? No, but I, I can definitely see Neil recovering, changing his game plan, and then catching Perry. What I don't see happening early is a finish. Um, so I like Neil. It's just I don't know what the value is from a DraftKings perspective. So you you got Neil, and and he's at what right now? What's his salary? Nine one. Salary is nine yes nine one. So he's at nine one. I am way more certain, way more certain that Amanda Nunes is going to destroy Jermaine Durandamy. Uh, mm-hmm. I would rather pay up a hundred dollars for what I believe to be a higher level of certainty um, in in getting points and getting the finish. So I, yes, I like Jeff Neal. Yes, I'll have a few shares of Jeff Neal. We all know that Mike Perry has a puncher's chance. We all know what his strength is. You want to have a few shares of Mike Perry in Mass Entry GPP. I will pick Neil for the win, although it would not surprise me if, you know, he does get a finish if it's later. Um, I could even potentially see this going to decision. Perry is tough. So I could see this potentially going to decision. In either case, it's likely not going to bode well for a DraftKings score. Um, so I will certainly have shares of Neil. Um, in that price point, in that in that price range, I, I like... I like the fighter below him $100 more, and I like the fighter above him $100 more. So that kind of tells you where I'm where I'm sitting in terms of DraftKings. But if you're asking for a pick, I'm going to say Jeff. Chris, did you go in this fight? I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah, did you? Yeah, go yeah, yeah. no, I did. I did not. Um, okay, good. I pretty much agree with Joe. Not as strong of a take, but Perry's too tough for this to be a first round finish. He needs a first round finish. He's not an incredibly active striker. I just, you know, more volume. He's not, he's not low volume. I think he's, he, I think he's pretty. High. He puts his, he puts his shots together. Yeah, he he's above average, but not like a frenetic striker. That fair? He's not yeah, like it's, he he needs he, again to be on the optimal. I think he's going to need need in the first round. I think Perry's too tough, and I'll take a couple shots on on Mike Perry and GPP. Um, not a ton, and. We'll talk about the guy priced below Jeff Neal. I don't think that fight happens, but we'll see. Really? By the way, yeah. I, I have made zero lineups. We talked about this pre-show. Zero lineups. I got to get through weigh-ins. I don't, there's there's several fighters. I'm just, let, let's just hold on. Because this just, the UFC's got a monster pay-per-view, and the way this year has gone, it hasn't fallen apart yet. So let's see what happens. I don't. I don't think Aldo has taken that leather jacket off in about two or three weeks. I don't know. I think it's holding him together. Yeah, it might. It might, be. <laughs> it might be. All right, m- moving on. Peter Yan, ninety-four hundred. Uriah Faber, uh, sixty-eight hundred. Peter Yan minus five hundred. Come back on Faber plus four hundred. Uh, Uriah Faber has taken the journey from Sacramento down to Tijuana to get all the Mexican supplements he can find. Um, Going to fight Peter Yan, who should beat him up younger just all around should be the better fighter here but Faber's got the experience for whatever the hell that's worth um to me this is more just a price issue like yeah Peter Yan fine in cash should win except for the issue the, the little bit of uncertainty I just mentioned but can you really squeeze him in in your lineups like if you want to play you know, if you want to play Nunez, Matt Brown, Marlon Marais, Kamaru Usman, if you're on the Usman side, like there's only so many guys guys you can play, and 
you know, therefore not a ton of super cheap underdogs you want. You're going to be getting to Peter Yan a lot. I don't think you are. I'm not convinced he just mows through Faber in the first round like you're going to need. Fight doesn't go to decision is minus 145. Okay, but fight starts round two is minus 250. <sighs> so not a first round finish. Is is it going to get sloppy? Is, if, is Faber going to get a takedown any top time? Maybe. So give me Jan for the win pretty comfortably, but I, I think there's some merit here to a, a a couple chairs of Uriah Faber, excuse me, or just fading the fight. Uh, Joe. Okay. So I've got a little bit of a narrative, a little bit of narrative to share on this fight. Um, one is I don't honestly believe that the UFC wants to be in the Uriah Faber business. Um, and I, I wish I actually thought of this and I didn't. And it's escaping me who actually came up with this. And I'll, I'll give props belated to, to whoever did. Um, because I can't remember. You know what fight would have made a hell of a lot more sense? Uriah Faber, Jose Aldo at 135. That's the fight that should have happened. And then put Marias up against Peter Yan. That would have been, you you would have created a quote-unquote legends fight, and you would have a really competitive opponent um, for Peter Yan and Marias. Um, that's the that's the matchmaking that should have happened that didn't, right? So that's my narrative. Now, narrative aside, um, the backstory on Faber's win against Ricky Simone, uh, Ricky Simone was getting married. Um, someone said to him, Hey, how would you like to fight Uriah Faber in Sacramento, which is the, the home that's where the alpha male gym is located. That's where Faber lives. That's where he's fought out of. How'd you like to, how'd you like to do that? Um, obviously this guy has got, can, can you imagine like the shit that he was under, um, in terms of just like, you know, getting ready to get married? you know, essentially signing his life away. Um, Faber caught him. I mean, you know, he caught him with a shot. It happens, right? I mean, I think way too much is being made of the narrative that, wow, look, I mean, you know, Font hit him with the kitchen sink and he didn't go down. I think it's not apples to apples. I mean, uh, you know, he had a full camp, um, came in against Rob Font. Uh, yes, that was a very entertaining fight. I think, you know, Font's laser-like precision striking won the fight. But as we all know, if you catch a guy with the right shot, if you hit him in the right spot, right, um, it, it's all you need. And I think that's what happened here. I think it's what we call a flash a flash finish. So I'm not making too much of that. Um, I, I honestly think, you know, Faber Fire is way over his skis here. I like Peter Jan. The question is, at his salary, is he going to score for DraftKings? I mean, he is going to have to put on an incredible work rate. Um, he's going to need a knockdown or two if this goes to decision. Um, you know, that is my main concern. And Jan is a patient fighter, too. I mean, he takes what's offered to him. He typically is not going to get reckless for a finish. So my only concern is, is what is his viability as a DraftKings play, given other fighters at price points around him? I think clearly one of my most confident picks in terms of who's going to win the fight is Peter Jan. You're muted, sir. I think it's up to you, Chris. I know, but I just want to let uh, <sighs> Chris. Sorry, there it is. That, that's that's my bad. That's all right. I um, I, I I like Joe though. The uh, the hopeless romantic over there saying that Ricky Simone signed his life away, uh, getting married. Always the romantic, Joe. I like it. Of course, that's but uh, <laughs> but um, accurate. I th I think that uh, well, there you go. 
I think that um, Peter Jan has a, has um, a real shot to do this. I think people are kind of forgetting because of how the fight ended. Ricky Simone hurt uh, Uriah Faber early yeah. in the fight. The reason why he got caught with the shot is because he dove in headlong and uh, tried to finish and then got himself caught. I think the, the bottom line is almost almost pretend like Uriah Faber hasn't had a fight since. He's still 40 coming back, and we still don't know how he's going to react to all the damage and the volume that Peter Jan is going is gonna, to is gonna, uh, lay on him here. I think it's a mistake to say that, well, you know, Faber actually looked better than expected because, I mean, did he? Did he really? Not really. I don't know. You know, so – I, I like Peter Jan a lot. I think he's he's very tough. I think he's um, got a nice work rate. I think that even if look, we saw him take all those shots at Jimmy 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 Rivera and uh, come through it and win that fight. So he we know he's tough. I don't think even if 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 uh, Faber lands that one big shot, which is basically all he has now. I mean, we'll see what his wrestling looks like when he tries to use it here. Uh, if we get that far, but um. I think that Jan can take that that shot, and I think that um, I think that Faber might be a little bit more hittable and hurtable uh, than we realize, as evidenced by the Ricky Simone shot. So, look, uh, Sean, I take your point, of course, and we're gonna we're gonna say this a lot and have said it a lot. Um, there's a lot of guys that are are really expensive you wouldn't expect, and you also wouldn't expect to take them because of all the bigger names and more proven finishers that are up there, but. Uh, Look, the fact is that I mean, maybe that's what wins a GPP is one of those uh, one of those high priced guys that someone's going to be off of because. Well, then you better get you better get the underdog right. That's the only. Oh issue. yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. that's when Ben Saunders comes through. That's Mike right. Perry wins. Like that's the line. That that's the belt. There you go. No, that that I mean that's fine. And look, I mean that's definitely that definitely is a workable lineup. That um, and uh, I probably have a few of those myself. But I I, I do think that um, I think I think people might be giving Faber a little bit too much credit for that win. I agree with Joe that it was a flash knockdown and um oh, absolutely. You know, I I just I just can't uh, can't get it out of my head that you know Ricky Simone who is nobody's idea of a big puncher hurt him in that fight. So I think Peter Yan has a has a potential to do bad things to him. I'm going to have some Peter Yan um recognize the dangers but also recognize the potential of a scarcity play at that price. So Peter Young. Moving on to Marlon Marais, 9,000, taking on Jose Aldo at 7,200. The skeleton, the salad man, whatever you want to call him these days. Slender man. Um, yeah. Marais minus 225, Aldo plus 185. If this fight happens, like Aldo just looks terrible. Fight doesn't go to decision minus 155. Look, I am on the train. If this fight happens, I am I am a believer in how ho- how hard you dehydrate yourself. Even with 30 30 hours to try and rehydrate, your brain is not the same. I think if this fight happens, Aldo has cut too much weight at his age. Marais is going to tap him maybe with a head kick or just with any anything and I think Aldo's going to sleep. Like that's just how I think this is going to play out. Um, if this fight happens, I will be all over Marlon Marais. Um, I want none of Jose Aldo. Don't trust him. Sorry. Not not at this weight. Not at this price. Not the way he looks. If it costs me a GPP, fine. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Marais train should this fight happen. Chris? Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm on Marais uh, for much a different reason. I mean, I, I don't discount what you said. I think that can, that can very certainly happen. I just don't like to bank on it. I don't know 
exactly how weight cuts affect chins. I think it could be different for everybody. Um, so I, it's information, in, not in evidence. I think could it happen? Sure. That, but I'm not banking on that, and that's not why I'm picking Marais. The reason I'm picking Marais is um, he's just going to be so much uh, faster than Aldo at this point in uh, their respective careers. Um, he's going to be more active. I think um, we saw Volkanovski effectively shut down Aldo's game and, and have him uh, waiting all, all fight. I, I think Marais can, can do um, something similar to that. I think this is going to be – and I love Jose Aldo. I uh, – Recently took him in uh, the MMA Dynasty League that we're making where nobody else wanted him. But he's going to die. $250, I consider it a value for uh, $250. But um, I, I just I, – I can't see it here. I think Marais has, has the advantage uh, almost literally everywhere. And um, I love you, Jose, but uh, I, 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 I would love to see it as a fan. I, I just can't get behind it. I think uh, Marais has the potential to do bad things yet again. And so the pick is Marais. Joe. I don't actually have anything additional to add to what Chris just said. I agree 100% with everything he just said. Um, I like Marais a fair amount here. Um, I still, I still think it's a coin flip that, you know, Aldo does not um, actually, I don't want to be morbid um, makes weight, let's say, um, you know, and hopefully the fight still happens. Um, Are you sharing comments? I um I didn't know what I was doing, folks. So, uh, but that's cool. I I like that. That's. But how do I how do I stop it now? Okay, here wait. Okay. Um, Are you but, able to choose which ones go on screen? I am, not you. <laughs> no, but um, I think are you are you able are you able to? Choose? I am. Yes, I um I. There's a thing here that says show. I didn't know what it meant. I clicked on it, and uh, yeah, that's how the comments come up. So that's a nice feature. So guys, say something funny, and I'll put it up. I promise. Oh, yeah, I'm not. That's yeah, not what you want. Funny. Um, you, you you really should give me access to this because this no, no, good. no. So when we're, when, when we're doing hot takes, they can pull them up. That's true. That's true. But well, um, anyway, getting back to my pick for this fight, it's okay. uh, it's Marias. Okay, sorry, Joe. <laughs> that's all right. We're good. <laughs> Hang on, type something funny. There you go. You don't <laughs> count. You're you're a host. All right. Um, I should go 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 create a dummy account right now. <laughs> Not going to. All right. A little bit of fun before we talk about the three title fights on this card. Or I guess we're gonna have to wait a little bit to talk about the two title fights and let's talk about the mauling, as Joe would put it first. Amanda Nunes, ninety two hundred, Jermaine Durand to me, seven thousand line on this fight. Nunes minus three ten, come back on Durandomy plus two fifty five. Joe, you're up first. Women's women's MMA fight that you have a strong opinion on. Go. Yeah, look. So this is a re- this is a rematch, believe it or not. Um, you know, and these these guys fought in 2013. Okay, and look, I, I <laughs> there have been a couple of people that have have alluded to the fact that GDR has actually evolved. Um, I completely disagree. I don't really think she's evolved at all. And and that is some of the reasoning behind why people feel this is going to be a better fight for her. I, I just don't see it. She's 35 years old. She works full-time as a police officer. Kudos for that. Um, since the Amanda Nunes loss, which by the way, was a loss in the first round six years ago um, uh, to an elbow, um, a KO in the first round, um, Durandamy has fought a grand total of five times, okay, with some stellar names. Um, Larissa Pacheco, Anna Elmos, the Elbow Princess, 
Holly Holm, which is a fight that I believe she lost, and not to mention um, on on two rounds, actually hit her after the bell. Absolutely lost that uh, fight, by the way. Yeah, a decision, to, a decision to Raquel Pennington, okay? And then a flash KO of Aspen Ladd, okay? I, I, I believe, and people are going to call me a fanboy or crazy, I believe that Aspen Ladd wins nine times out of ten against GDR. Agreed. Right. I, I also think the fight was stopped too soon. I'm not going to go with the whole sexist thing that. Yeah, no, do. I don't. I don't buy that either. But so, but okay. I do think it was stopped too soon. So you've got five fights in six years, and a 35 year old fighter. Like, like someone show me how she's actually evolved. Nunez, if anything, has gotten better since a first round finish against Durandami. During that same time frame, she's fought ten times. Her only loss was in 2014 to Kat Zingano, who was at the top of her game in 2014. She's fought much better competition, including Val twice, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, um, Chris Cyborg. And, oh, by the way, she finished Holly Holm with a head kick in the first round. So I think this is a massacre. I, I guess they're looking for competition for, for Nunez. I would be very surprised, unless Gerandomy just runs, and stays on her bike for as long as she possibly can. Ding 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 um, ding ding. I could see every way possible that that and people are saying, "Oh, she's going to have some advantage." No, she's not going to have an advantage striking, not in MMA striking. And by the way, I mean everybody in their brother has got a world title in Muay Thai. I, I don't mean to to diminish the the value of of it certain titles, right. but there are a lot of titles that go out there in Muay Thai. So, and again, look, I give her credit for working a full-time job as a police officer. Great. Amanda Nunes is a professional fighter that comes from arguably the best camp in the world with the best training partners. She is, this isn't even her hardest fight in the last five years. She is going to destroy Jermaine Durandamy. Give me all the Nunes I can get into my lineups. I'm just worried about, GDR being on her bike and getting out of the first first round of Nunes. That is the risk. That is the risk. That that's what I'm worried about in terms of shoving in all the Nunes I can. But I agree, Nunes should win this fight all day, any which way. I may um, not have one lineup with the run to me in it. I may not have one lineup. Yeah, I doubt I will. Really doubt. I. Mm. Yeah. What was it? The if it wasn't for how much I I like Irene Aldana, I might. Be spread out a little bit, but I like Eldana so much. I don't think I'm going to need need G GDR. Yep. Anyway, Chris, you guys are going to be so surprised. Oh, oh, by the way, no, no, no. Wait, hold on. Back to me for a second. Sorry. I I, I promise you can go for a second. You you can. I, I will not interrupt you as you give give your speech. If you don't follow all of us on Twitter and and the Roto Wire account, we do. We're part of us three are part of the Roto Wire staff picks for pay per view cards. So the tweet goes out today. Hey. Not one fight was picked unanimously. That's right. You read this. Not one of them. And John Lutarski. Yeah. Said, Jake, uh, Jake. I said, John, I was like, I, as I came out, I'm like, that's not right. John Jake. Sorry, Jake. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I'm combining the two. Yeah. Jake, Jake sends this tweet out and immediately I go, I don't even have to open this to know who did what. And I was 100% right. I knew it was this fight and I knew it was you. I knew it. So yeah. For, so now, our 
Chris, uh, roll up your sleeves so we can check you for needle marks. Yeah, you're gonna pick GDR. Hey Joe, um, the last he time we, say, were on the, we were on the way opposite side of a, of an of oh, an, here we go. What happened? Here Which was it? Oh We've no, no, side no, no. What? No, that was a, that was another fight you were you thought I was crazy. What I was, I was, sorry, which was cyborg fight? cyborg, but I was with Joe. Yeah, but cyborg. Okay, uh-huh. uh, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't as confident as I was in this. Uh, fight. No, and, yes, you were, guys. Go back and watch that tape. Go back okay. and watch that tape. But I but I was with I was with you. So now you've lost a little bit of credibility, me, of course. And come on, Chris, please don't tell me you're taking GDR wait, here. Me, I have let, it. It's in the picture already. I can't right. change it now. Let, let me guess. Let me let me just. Are you going to? I mean, it's just gonna. You can explain your your the full thing, but I'm gonna say your reasoning is my guess for your reasoning yes. is exactly what we've kind of hit on. On a bike, stay away. Keep her at range. Nunez gas tank. She fades. GDR wins late. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, the, the the other the, the other thing uh, that I would mention, and Joe asked, I'm gonna I'm gonna um. You can zoom in now. Sorry, get my close up on. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that Joe asked was, um, how has she evolved? <laughs> Her takedown defense has gotten better. Um, oh, in all, in all five fights against those for eight. For world, eight in that world class Pennington. wrestlers that she's fought against? Come on. Raquel Pennington's a wrestler. Oh, for eight uh, in that Raquel Pennington fight. And by great. the way, that's why that's why people thought she was going to lose to Raquel Pennington. Oh, for eight. Guess who Raquel Pennington did take down? Amanda Nunes. There's some MMA math for you. There's some MMA math for you. Who hurt Pennington more? Durandamy or Nunes? But that's not well. First of all, because they 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 play different games. Uh, uh, Pennington tried to wrestle her the whole time and was unsuccessful. Yeah, Chris, if you're making a case for GDR, I'm worrying about some of those all games right, well, you're playing. Well, I, I would. You're, you're not into, you're not into I, water sports, look, are you? I mean, I, I, I was told, Joe, just go sweep his head to head. I was told that's head. right. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. I'll take it. You have head to heads out there. Well, what, what do you play under again? I'll take all your head to heads. Somerset, I'll, I know I'll his come, name. I'll come find you. Don't worry about it. Somerset, okay, I'm looking now. Go ahead. Somerset, yeah. <laughs> um, He's gonna go sweep him. <laughs> I was told that I that I that I wouldn't be interrupted. Uh, I hope you okay, guys. Sorry, by, by me. By me. Go. I haven't yet. Go. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm 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 gonna try to get through this. As I said, um, the takedown defense is improved. Look, man. That's obviously true. Stop it. <laughs> Just messes with you. <laughs> anyway, and by the way, the last time, the last time uh, somebody forced Amanda Nunes to fight a range kickboxing fight, who was it? Valentina Shevchenko. What happened in that fight? She squeaks by with the narrowest split decision margin you could possibly imagine. And GDR is a better kickboxer than Valentina Shevchenko is. At least I would, I would uh, wager that she is. I think that the takedown defense has gotten better. I think that, look, Amanda Nunes, for all, I mean, look, she looks great. How much has she had to really exert herself in those five years, Joe? Most of those fights have ended in the first round, uh, the vast majority of them, except for the Raquel Pennington fight, and, and she's not a kickboxer. So I, you say, yeah, she's been dominant. Yeah, she's been dominant, not against this kind of opponent. It just hasn't happened. I think that you're kidding yourself if you think that, like, just because GDR has taken some time off, that like, where's the evidence that she's still not a crisp, good striker kickboxer? I haven't seen any evidence of that. She she doesn't look like she's lost a step to me, and I think that um, she's just gonna out technical Amanda here. Um, Amanda has out out technical people <laughs> fights. Uh, yeah. GDR is going to out technical here, out technical her here. If look, if Amanda gets a takedown as she did in the first fight, yeah, it's her fight. Can she do it? I don't think so, and that's what I'm begging on. 
And that's GDR for the win. Lock it up, boys. It's done. Okay, right, let's not it's go with the lock it up. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking Chris hasn't had his methadone today. This episode's um, already way over, so I'm 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 just I'm gonna usher us along here to talk about another weight cut issue that I think we could be having here. Max Holloway, eighty seven hundred, taking on Alexander Volkanovsky, seventy five hundred. Um line on this fight. Rise of right now, Max Holloway is still a minus one seventy five favorite. Comeback on Vol- Volkanovski is plus one fifty five. Look, I, I, we first submitted our picks to the to the staff picks. I submitted Hall, I submitted Volkanovski, and I had to go back and I had to kind of check my Volkanovski fandom. I just think at range Holloway is going to be way too much, and I don't, and I think his takedown defense is good enough. Now that weight cut thing has got me a almost second-guessing myself some more here because Volkanovski's got a gas tank on him. He's going to go, go, go. Built like a tank. The reach advantage, disadvantage is where he's going to have an issue here. But if he can get in on takedowns, you know, we always say to Holloway, if he could get a takedown here, you could be in, in good shape. The issue is, can Volkanovski get inside? Can he survive long enough? And what is the weight cut cardio of, you know, Max going to be like? In the end, I'm still taking Max. I like this fight as a stack. Um, for sure, I think it's the better of the two fights to stack, honestly. We can talk about that later, but I think it's more likely to see more rounds. Plenty of striking. Max is high volume. Volkanovski is high output, too. So um, give me Max. Volkanovski live. Stack it up. Chris. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead, and, and the stack can, can is very well in play. I'm going to go ahead and take Volkanovski here for the reason that um, I think he's part of, of what uh, – gives Max trouble, which is um, power punchers who can also um, throw in a little volume. Uh, I also like Volkanovski's body work. I, I think uh, that could come in to great effect here, as it as it did somewhat in the uh, in the Poirier fight. I, I just think that, that Max uh, struggles uh, with the harder hitters. I think that while this isn't that lightweight, I think that Volkanovski has shown himself to be a, a, a very hard hitter in this weight class. I think that he's going to be all over Max. I think that um, he's he's going to take away Max's style from Max. Max is usually the one who likes to um, aggress and and put the pressure on opponents. I think I think Volkanovski is going to give him a run for his money in that apartment, department. I think it's going to be fascinating to see who wins the pressure war. Personally, I, I think Volkanovski can do it. I certainly think he can he can um, get Max retreating, get Max backing up. I mean I mean the I, I love Max Holloway. I love the way he fights. I think he's he's one of the the best in that division of all time. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, the guy gets hurt. He got hurt in the first Aldo fight. He, he got hurt um, for stretches in that uh, Ortega fight. And, of course, he got hurt in the Poirier fight. I think that that's a trend that's only going to continue. I think Volkanovski is the guy to do it. I think that the wrestling, although Max's wrestling is uh, – wrestling defense is elite, I don't think he's uh, ever really encountered the – a volume or pressure or the relentlessness of the takedowns of Volkanovski. So that's going to be a question mark as well. I just, I just think there's, there's a lot that Volkanovski can do here to sort of exploit the weaknesses of Holloway and also keep him on his back foot. So yeah, I'm going Volkanovski here. Yeah. Well, you know, both of these fighters have been drafting gold, you know, someone's someone's got a wicked echo guys. I'm echoing. Yeah. Who's echoing. It's not okay. Better. Yeah, so both these fighters have been DraftKings gold. I mean, I've been on Volkanovski in every fight that he's had in the UFC. Have done particularly well in his last two fights against Mendez 
where he was actually, a, uh, you know, even money. And Aldo, where he was a slight dog for some obscene reason. Um, I've been on him in every fight. With that said, Max is also DraftKings gold. And I honestly don't see Max losing here. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how Volkanovski is going to win unless he just, I mean, somehow wears him out. I mean, that fight against Ortega was super impressive. I actually thought he was impressive in a loss against a massive um, Dustin Poirier. Um, you know, I, I think um, Holloway's days at 145 are numbered. I think he's going to have to go up into lightweight, which is going to prove to be interesting. Um, you know, uh, I, I like Max a lot. He is, like I said, he has been great for DraftKings. Um, I, I like him here. Um, I think this is the fight that probably a lot of people are going to stack in cash. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, I have not seen enough out of Volkanovski to pick against Max Holloway here. So, um, like Volkanovski, um, I think Volkanovski has got a better chance to win this fight than GDR does against Nunez. Um, but I, I like Max Holloway a lot here. I think he's attractively priced. I mean, when was the last time you've seen Max? I mean, obviously he, you know, against Aldo for some reason he was cheap, but <coughs> 8.7K is a good price. Um, I'm on Max here. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the main event, guys. Kamaru Usman, 8,900, taking on Chaos Colby Covington at 7,300. Usman, minus 185, comeback on Covington, plus 160. Remember, this is the contest to win a free um, piece of Rotowire swag. Cool little stainless steel thermos. Tweet out hashtag fight IQ. Follow all of us on Twitter. Um, watch it on YouTube. Our handles are right there. Tell us. One, how many takedowns there will be total in this fight? Tiebreaker, who wins the fight? That's how split it is. I'm going to say I – look, I'm taking Colby Covington by the narrowest of margins, and I'm trying not to let my fandom play into it too much because I do want to watch the world burn. I really do. But I actually think this is going to be a case – of two strikers, of two wrestlers kind of canceling each other out. They're going to be on the feet. I like Covington's volume and pace. Both these guys have shown good cardio when they're controlling the action, but Covington's put out more volume, and that just that makes me more comfortable. He's also cheaper. <coughs> I like on DFS. Um, Usman, you know, if either guy ends up in top position, they're, they're probably going to be winning this fight. I do think Usman's more likely to hold down Covington than Covington is to hold down Usman. But for DraftKings, if Covington is able to take down Usman, that, that means Rizzo repeats and tons of points. I actually think it's going to be... So those are just some possibilities. I think they're going to be mostly on the feet and give me Covington's pace. Really close fight. Am I going to be stunned if Usman wins? No. This is a fight. If anywhere on the card, this is the fight I'm hedging the most. Like this is the one I'm going to have both sides of. So straight up pick, though, I have a very slight lean towards Colby Covington. Uh, Joe, start us off with the main event. Yeah, so I'm on. Um, I'm on Usman here. I mean, I've actually posted some bets, and I have. Um, I have some parlays going with with Usman, and if if all of if you're all those win, and you're sitting with just Usman, you're going to start hedging. No, uh, maybe it depends. I don't know if there's enough value. I don't know if the, if the, if there's enough, probably not, but it, it really depends. Like if I've had, it would probably be by, by some form of a finish. If you, um, all, if you also need 
Kamaru to win like a DFS contest, then start hedging. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I could see I could see myself potentially doing that. So look, I, I like Kamaru here. Um, both these guys have been really good DraftKings. I mean, in the last eight com- combined eight fights, four Colby, four Usman, um, forty-seven combined takedowns. Now, you know, the problem with this fight from a scoring perspective is that I see a lot, I see those takedowns getting nullified, you know, offsetting. And I honestly think that as much as I like Usman to win, I think Covington's going to be higher owned um, on DraftKings. And I think he, he probably offers a better value on DraftKings at his price point. Um, you know, I, I do think some people will be double stacking. Um, I don't necessarily think this is the better of the two fights to stack if you're going to single stack. I'd probably prefer single stack. I'd probably prefer stacking um, Holloway and uh, Volkanovski. Again, I am not a stack aficionado, um, but you know, I, I give me Kamara here. I think he's the stronger fighter. I think he can hurt Colby standing. I think the wrestling neutralizes each other. Um, yes, I, I I do think the good. There was good point made about cardio. I mean, Usman does get tired. He carries a lot of extra muscle around. Um, Covington does not carry that muscle, um, that, um, Usman has, I think that muscle is going to help Usman in the early rounds, but can definitely work against him in the later rounds. But, um, give me Kumaru to get the win here. Chris. Before, before, can you guys refresh my memory? When was, when was the time that we saw Usman noticeably gassed and tired? Um, because you got you got you both mentioned it, but uh, yeah. Let me see. Hang on. I don't know if we've ever seen that. Let me go back and look at. No, I didn't say we had. I said he's had. He's shown good cardio, but Covington has put out more consistent volume and pace. Okay. So my guess is, in a pure cardio sense, I would lean towards Covington. Okay. Yeah, let, let me see. I mean, I'm not, he hasn't like fallen off a cliff. Like he hasn't had an adrenaline dump. Right. Um. There, there was a fight. Uh, you guys go. I'll. I'll I'll come back when I find All right, well, it. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm picking uh, Usman, and there are a couple things here that, that I'm that I'm looking at too. First of all, I, I want to make something of an early hot take. Uh, I, I hate to spoil your fun there, Sean, but I don't know if uh, if uh, Covington wins if the world is gonna burn. I think he's getting a bit image conscious on us. He's kind of sort of making apology tours this week about hey, no, if he, if he wins, he's going hard. See, and I don't know. And, and Jorge Masvidal. I think oh, he's going to go hard. As a like, champion, he wants to be loved, though. I think. No, no. He's, he's gonna... already started walking some of this back. But yeah, he's already started walking some of this back. Oh, it's just a gimmick. It's just he's a already, bit. He's already calling um, Masvidal Street Judas. Yeah, I know. But that, I but can't wait not, for that fight. That's not. I mean, that's just kind of fun. That's not like, you know. But uh, anyway, so I, I just be on the lookout for that. That's an early hot take. But two things that I that I noticed. Um. um in this fight that had, that had me favoring Usman. One is, I, I can't remember a time, at least in recent memory, where um, uh, Covington has fought as, as agile a striker as Usman. I think that the movement is going to be uh, big here. I think it's not going to let uh, Covington implement his normal game plan, where he just flurries, 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 and then uh, goes for the takedown. I think, th- I think that movement's going to be critical in not, not only not letting Covington enforce his own game, but um, letting Covington counter and and um, use his length and uh, sort of get his his game working. The other thing I would say, and Sean uh, sort of alluded to it, was um, one of these guys is a control grappler and one of them isn't. 
and I, that plays in uh, Usman's favor because look, let's say let's say Covington gets a couple takedowns. Well, well, probably most likely Usman's getting right back up, right now. But when Usman takes down Covington, uh, Covington's not going to get right back up. Now, why do I think Usman uh, can take down Covington? Because RDA took him down twice. I mean, that that's that's basically all you need to know about that. Um, if RDA can do it more than once, I have to believe that um, Kamar Usman can do it. I think that um, I, I don't want uh, Covington striking is definitely improved, but I would say that it's more a function of a game plan than it is like you know a huge part of his. I, I, I what I what I mean to say is that his striking is is more a function of a game plan and to get his wrestling going than it is. Uh, like an an actual like oh this guy's a great striker if that makes any sense um, I I think that um, the more natural striker here the more free flowing striker is Usman I think um, you know we saw that in his fight with Sean Strickland where where he held his own not only held his own on the feet a pummeled uh, you know a former amateur boxer who who is lauded for his boxing skills um, has that one shot kill shot on uh, Sergio Moraes so. I think that um, I think Usman Usman uh, for all the people who think that he's boring and he has had some boring fights. I think this might be an opportunity for him to come out of his shell a little bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to him putting on a, a, a nice performance here. I I, I recognize the fact that um, Covington could obviously win, but I think that whereas in the past um, the takedown get up takedown get up game has benefited him, I think it can hurt him here because I don't think you want to give Usman that many chances to get his wrestling game going. Um, so I'm picking Usman here. I'm really excited to see it. Um, I hope order gets restored. So uh, I don't know who that makes me. I guess I'm Batman if uh, if Sean's the Joker over there. I'll take it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Usman. And um, also think, also think because um, I think a lot of people will be stacking this, I think just a full fade on Covington is going to be leverage for how popular he'll be. And if Usman can get that control working, you can re- he can really uh, freeze Covington out potentially. So that's something to look at as well. So um, pick Usman. Yeah, that, that's, that's a ton of leverage. I am echoing again. Joe, looking at you. There we go. We're back. That was weird. I don't, I, I, okay. If it was not Joe, then I apologize. Hot takes times, guys, in chat. Fire up some hot takes. I will read. I'm only gonna, not going to read a ton because we're late. Give me a fire off your hot takes for UFC 245. I'm going to read off the best one or two before we go. Make sure to check out Rotowire. Go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. I think I will go first this week for a hot take. My hot take, Irene Aldana scores 100 points. Wow, that's a good hot take. Yeah, I don't have um, I don't have a, a super out there hot take. However, um, I am going to say that it's going to be three and zero, and still, um, that's part one. Um, were you to parlay those three fighters based on current odds, um, you would get plus two twenty eight. Um, add in Jan and Marias, that gets you up to plus four seventy eight. Um, throw in Viviana Arroyo, that gets you plus eight hundred. Um, I think those bets are all very formful and likely to happen. And I, I like the leverage again. Um, if you just believe and still going three and oh, you're getting over two to one on a parlay. Um, throw in Jan and Marias that gets you up to nearly five to one. And if you were to throw in um, Arroyo that gets you to eight to one. 
So I think there's some solid betting opportunities here. Um, not not a super out there hot take, but just some things to look at if you're if you're looking to um, pivot away from DFS and and do some straight betting. Chris, got one? we're getting we're getting we're getting spicy. Uh, we're getting spicy on uh, the. the the last uh, pay-per-view right, right. of the year. Before before Chris goes his, because it's super spicy, we'll let you close out the show. Couple um, hot takes in chat. There's there's a couple decent ones in here. I said I was only going to pick two. So let's see. Let's go with John Tiller. Zero takedown. Zero takedowns. Usman first round KO. And then Usman shouts out Impeach Trump in his post. Yeah. yeah. That'll that be, one, that'll uh, be a whole thing. Um, ah, I got this tough for a second one. We'll go. I could do one that said Joe off. You know, what? I'm gonna do honorable mentions because I can't. Honorable mention Ryan Burton Moreno inside the distance. Um, Deronimo is yeah. gonna get the second spot here. Hot take Nunes GDR fight goes to decision. Oh, five round decision, it's possible. Yeah, that would, is that is that hot? Yes, yeah. I think so. Well, right. let's 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 look at the odds here. Um, All right, that according to Vegas. Would pay out plus two forty. All right, fair enough. I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I mean, when's the last time GDR got? Well, that that would be the last time, wasn't it? When Amanda did it. All right, I'm gonna start this again. Chris, hot take, take us home in 2019. Okay, um, let's uh, let's take it home with the super spicy meatball of GDR knocking out Amanda oh, Nunes and and you ready for this? Volkanovski knocking out Max Holloway. We got a double. We got double dethroned champions by knockout. Folks. What do you, is this the last time we had we had a, a triple a triple a triple um triple three title fights on the same card that we had yeah. three and news. Three so and news. Let's yeah. let's. Are you going with three and news? No, 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 just no. Because you got to do one. You got to do one. Just the double knockout. All right, fine. All right, guys. That's what we got for 2019. Show is fun as always. Appreciate all the support. Subscribe to the channel. Follow all of us on Twitter. A lot of good stuff out there. Give us um, likes, 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 likes. Yeah, just follow us personally. Um, good luck in your contest. Always willing to talk fights. Guys, this has been fun as always. I will see you in the new year. Thank you, everybody. Peace. Later, guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.